I want to do a message, kind of a unique message, just a one-off message called Things I Would Tell My 18-Year-Old Self. Here's some things I would tell my 18-year-old self. And see if you, those of you who are older in the room are going to really relate. You're going to go, yep, uh-huh, yep, I would tell them that too, right? And so I think you may find yourself in this, but I promise you by the end, this will relate to all of us. And so maybe you are a young graduate or just simply a young person with many years in front of you. And I think this could really apply to anyone today, but here's just some great lessons. And, and again, I don't think I'm unique in these, in, in, in these principles I'm going to teach today. They're straight out of God's word. And I think many people would go, mm-hmm, yep, that's what I needed to hear today. I think we can all relate to this. So I just want to give you five simple principles of things I would tell my 18-year-old self, I thought, if I could go back in time and have lunch with myself, what would I say? Other than there's going to be this stock called Google. Make sure you buy it early. <laughs> other than that, you know, there's some other things that I, I, would, I would tell myself too. And so here are a few of those. The first one is this. The younger you are when you get serious about your faith, the better your future will be. Let me say that again. The younger you are, that you get serious about your faith, the better your future will be. I, I've seen a lot of people that will tell you, I, I know people that receive Christ in their 20s, and, uh, and they're pretty happy about that, and they really gave their life fully to God. Uh, I know people that received Christ e- even when they were children or teenagers, but then kind of walked away from it. So they, they were already a Christian, but they weren't serious about their faith yet. And it cost them a decade or two. And many people come back to their faith in their 30s, Oftentimes we have kids, it makes you get serious about your faith. Uh, maybe you had problems in your marriage. Maybe you hit a real roadblock in your career. Maybe you just got really depressed and you tried everything the world had to offer that was supposed to satisfy, realized it didn't, and came back around to God. But I'm telling you, one thing I've definitely learned over the years, I can say this as a father, as someone, and when I say father, I don't just mean my own children. I mean, really, I don't take this wrong, but as a, I'm you know, getting up there in age a little bit here, and I feel like I'm fathering the church in some ways now. So as a father, if I can just tell you that the earlier you get serious about God, the less heartache you'll have in your future. Because we all make really foolish decisions outside of God's will. And so believe it or not, the, one of the biggest things I would tell my 18-year-old self, I would say, stay the path. Because a lot of your friends are, are veering, and, and it looks fun, but it's going to cost them. Yes. And I now, as a 48-year-old man, look back and realize a lot of those friends that look like they were having so much more fun than I am, that hurt them dearly. And, and I look back and realize, wow, I'm so thankful to God that at an early age, by God's grace and His goodness, I just stayed the course with my faith. And so I just want to encourage you to something powerful as a young person by getting serious about God. And when I say serious about God, I'm not talking about taking yourself too seriously. I'm not talking about taking life too seriously. I mean, have fun, enjoy yourself. I'm not suggesting that it should all be boring and we should just go live in the library the rest of our lives. I'm not saying that. I'm saying have a good time, but take God's word seriously. And if you'll do that, God really will bless you. Scripture says it this way. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Basically, this scripture is telling us that, you know, you may think no one's really even going to notice if I take God seriously. You'll notice. It'll change your life. And you're right. I mean, it may not be a big thing, a big splash, where if you get serious about God, maybe the whole world's not going to wake, go, wake up and say, wow, look at them. Look what they've done. But that's not the point. The point is, is that you're going to look up 10, 20 years from now and say, thank you, God. There's so many of the mistakes and the painful experiences that my friends and family went through. I got to avoid that because I put my life first with Jesus. So I just want to encourage you, the younger you are, that you get serious about God. You have a whole life in front of you. You see, when a young person gets saved, their whole life gets saved. When someone older gets saved, half their life gets saved. Does that make sense? And so it really is a big deal. By the way, this is why, you know, we're about to send our students off to camp in about a week. This is why we believe so much in investing in the next generation, because it really does change your life. Because let me tell you something, 
Most of us as adults experience heartache when we entered adulthood. Nowadays, with the way the world is, kids are experiencing the things adults go through at a young age, which means they desperately need the Lord. We all desperately need the Lord. But wouldn't it be great as someone who doesn't even have a fully developed mind yet to be able to hear and know who Christ is early on for when the hits come, they have a solid foundation to either have or to go back to like many of us did. And so it's such a big deal. Speaking of that, you know, camp's coming up. Please check out this video. Only four short months ago, Christian's world was turned upside down. Christian is a 12-year-old boy that instead of experiencing a carefree life of a fifth grader, is going through the trials and hardships that come with losing his mother. Dealing with the loss of his mom, Christian entered a time of grieving. It was hard for him to overcome his feelings and enjoy life once again, and understand the changes in family dynamics as he moved to live with his grandmother. That is, until their family acquaintance, Gilbert, stepped in to help. Knowing Jesus is the only Savior and Redeemer, Gilbert suggested Christian and his family join him at Church Unlimited. Gilbert brought Christian and his family to Church Unlimited, trusting that God would supply every need that Christian had. As it happened, Christian was introduced to a family that supports the next generation and encouraged Christian to attend student camp. With so much loss and change, funds were low, but that is never an excuse at Church Unlimited. We are so excited that Christian will be attending camp on a full scholarship this year and already can't wait to see God move in his life. It's an incredible opportunity. We're taking a lot of kids to camp this year. We do it every year. And I want to tell you right now, in 23 years of ministry at the same church, we have never, ever, not even once, allowed a child to not go to camp because of money. Never. We have never let money get in the way of a kid going to camp, and we're not going to start this year. So over the years, I have asked for scholarships to help make that happen every late May. And I remember the first couple of years, I was like, man, how are we going to raise the money? We need like $2,000. I mean, we need a lot of money. And I remember years later, it was like, we need $10,000 for all these kids. How are we going to do it? Well, this year, I called our student pastors, talking to them. We need $50,000. You know what? That's fine. We're a big church. Let's do this. And so I want to challenge you right now. Maybe you say, well, my kid's already going to camp. No one has a scholarship to them. Well, think beyond your child and pay for someone else's child. Yeah. Or if you don't have kids or your kids are fully grown, you think, man, I wish I would have had my kid go to camp. It could have saved them maybe a decade of some bad decisions. Why don't you help someone else get their kid to camp then and save them? And so let me tell you right now, you can save a child from about a decade of pain for about 300 bucks. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. You say, well, what's the big deal about camp, Pastor? You know, I say this over and over every year, but I want to remind you again. If you, if you get your kid, if you're one of these disciplined parents who get your kid to come to youth group once a week for an entire year, which very few parents are that disciplined, but if you pull that off, that's incredible. That means your, your child experience with a few misses here and there, about 48 to 50 hours of one hour youth group in one year. That's incredible. That can really help them. At camp, that's the first two days. Yeah. They get 48 hours of camp in the first two days. They're immersed in Jesus for the entire week. Think about that. And so will you help us pay for either a child or pay for you know, half of a scholarship or pay for five or 10 or even 20 or 30 scholarships at $300? So how could I do that? Well, 10 scholarships would be about $3,000. There's $300 a kid. You can do it right now. Some of you have the funds. 
So I want to encourage you. You know why? You say, well, why should I do that? Because you can. That's reason enough. The fact that you can make a difference means we should make a difference. And so we as a family have always committed to paying beyond our own kids to go to camp, but to pay for others' children as well. We're doing that this year as well. I want to encourage you, would you join me right now in scholar? You say, well, I've already, I've already given my offering. This is, not, this is not your tithe. This is an above tithe offering to help scholarship another student to go to camp. I can't think of a greater investment. You say, man, you're putting it on me hard. I am because I've seen the lives changed. I've seen it. I'm telling you, when you see hundreds of students with their arms raised, tears streaming down their face, rushing a stage saying, God, I want to give you my all. I just want to live for you. It will change your life just seeing it. One of my favorite things to do, I wish I could take everyone, but I can't, but we'll have lots of videos we'll show you. But my favorite thing to do is take just one or two uh, sponsors with me. Just say, just come one night with me. And they always think, oh, I can't wait to see kids' life changing. And on the way home, they're in tears saying, my life just changed. That's what happens. When you're around God moving like that, everyone's life gets changed. So right now, would you get out your phone and would you give? You're putting on me hard. I am. I have no, I make no apologies because the next generation is worth it. So right now I'm asking you to give. Straight up. So right now, here's how you do it. We have it on the screen right now. You can text to give right now. Uh, you can also give online. And so you say, well, uh, do I need to put you know, in the memo camp? You can if you want. If you don't, it's okay because we have the ability to look and see what our regular offering is. And when it goes above that, we can take that money and set that aside. It's perfectly legal to do that and say, this is going to be camp scholarship. So either way, whether you, whether you memo it or not, it will go to camp right now if you give, okay? And so I want to say thank you again for the difference that you are making. I can't tell you how many business people I know that come to me every year and they'll say to me, I got, I got a good friend of mine. He came to me again this year. He's, in, he's, he's a contractor. He said, how many scholarships do you need? And I was like, man, that's a big number. He said, just how many do you need? And I told him the number. He said, well, let me see what I can do. And he's given thousands for kids to go to camp. His kids aren't even old enough to go to camp yet. And he's sending tons of kids. By the time his kids do go to camp, he will have probably already sent personally 100 kids to camp before his kids even get to go, before they're even old enough. That is sacrifice, and it's a beautiful thing. And so, guys, life's not all about you. Let's make it about someone else. Thank you again. Let's give it up for those people who just gave. We're really grateful. We really are. I mean that. Second thing I would tell myself is this. Have grace with difficult people because you have issues too. I would tell myself that. I would look myself in the face and say, you know what? Over the next few years, you're going to have some people that are going to tick you off. You're going to have some people that are going to make you mad, really going to hurt your feelings. You're going to really do some things that are really mean and cruel to you. And I want to tell you something. You know what? You're just like them. You'll do the same thing to people at times as well. Don't think for a second that when you get hurt that you're not capable of hurting others too. So let's give grace to people. Does that make sense? Because all of us, whether we like it or not, actually do hurt those we love sometimes and hurt those who work alongside and hurt those who go to church with and say stupid things. We've all done it. And so please don't think that, you know, this person annoys me so bad at work. You don't think you have any annoying qualities? We all have some annoying qualities. Every one of us has an as-is sticker on us, you know? You got to buy me like I am, man, as-is. I'm a little broke, you know? All of us are a little broken. And so I just want to encourage you, no one's perfect. We all have some hang-ups. And so have grace with difficult people because you have issues too. And so it says in Scripture in Ephesians 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Why would we need to get rid of all that? Because we're mad at people. We get mad when they do this and said that, and I can't believe you treat me this way. And, oh, we get mad, right? And it says this, instead, be kind to each other, 
tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Oh, you mean Christ had to go to the cross for our sins too? Oh, we're capable of hurting people? Yeah, he went to the cross for all of us. We, we, we all are sinners, and we all say some stupid things and do some dumb things, and we all hurt each other. Whether we like it or not, it's just true. So I want to encourage you to have a little more grace with people. And so, in fact, some, some of you right now are so caught up. In fact, this is one thing that I want to encourage you with. My wife gave me this quote. It's so brilliant. And uh, normally when she speaks, it's brilliant. And she said this, and it's a, it's a famous quote. Here it is. She said this, compare the undeserved bad things with the unearned good things in your life. Isn't that brilliant? Because you may say, well, it's not fair that my boss is a jerk to me. It's also not fair that someone paid for your college. It's not fair that, 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 you know, I have to deal with this problem at work. It's also not fair that you have a certain skill set that the same person has the same skill set in Africa makes one-tenth of the income you make off of it. That's also not fair. You see, you see how that works? You're like, oh. So instead of saying, life's so unfair and all these bad things happen to me, well, life is so unfair and all these good things have happened to you too. So I just want to encourage you rather than thinking, woe is me, and all oh, my life is so horrible, and I can't believe it. You can do that, but again, I'm talking to my younger self. Hey, you know, it's okay. You're going to have some hard times, but you also have some really blessed, really blessed times too. God has granted you a lot of favor as well. So I just want to encourage you with that. Keep that in mind. Have grace with difficult people because you have issues too, and if someone hurts you, you know what? You probably hurt someone too. Forgive them. Ask someone else to forgive you. And so because we're all just human. Number three, if you want a better future... You have the time to create it. I didn't know this early on. I thought, man, you know, I wish I, you know, was like that guy who, you know, he's doing good financially and look at his family and he has a really nice home and a great career and all that. And I realized I have time for all that. You do have the time. You say, no, it'll take me 10 years. How many of you guys know how fast 10 years went by already? It'll go by again. (laughs) I'm just telling you. So you actually do have the time to completely change your life into what you want it to be. And the future belongs to those who create it. Just create it the way you want it to be. And so, uh, again, a quote from my wife. She said, the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's about what you're made of, not the circumstances. Isn't that good? Same exact circumstances. Well, I I can't be successful and and happy and create the future I want because you know what happened to me. But there's someone who had the same similar circumstance happen to them and and they're successful and happy and well-adjusted and doing well. So apparently, someone has been dealt a worse hand than you, and they're winning with it, which means we can win too. So I just want to encourage you. Again, I'm just speaking to my younger self right now. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself today. But I want to encourage you. You, you have time. You, you, can, you can create what you want. It's okay. It's just going to take some time. And so It says in Scripture in Galatians 6, it says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. But just don't don't quit too early. Just just stay at it. You know, one of the things I've learned in my life, too, is to stick to something for a long time, and the results will shock you. If you just stick to something. You know, if you you just stick to, to one person for a long time, that's how you end up with a marriage for 30, 40, 50 years. That's how you pull that off. You know, if you just stick to the same company for a long time, that's how you end up at the top of that company. You just stay with it. If you just, just stick to a ministry, then you'll become a big deal in that ministry and be a major influencer. If you just, just stay at it, just, just don't quit. Just don't give up. Quit hopping around so much. This is one thing that we can really learn from the older generation. They kept a job for 30 years. And we get mad after 18 months. We're off to the next thing. So I want to encourage you that if you look closely at anyone who's at the top of an organization, they spend some time there. 
They didn't just arrive and get the VIP parking spot. They didn't just show up and get the corner office. They put in a lot of time. They have history. Part of the company's history is with them. So you have to stay around a while and you really can make a huge difference. I, I had the privilege years ago to, to have dinner. I uh, was telling the staff this uh, early this week. I had a chance to have dinner with the guy who was the COO, the chief operating officer of the Walt Disney Company. Pretty good position, right? So I asked him, I said, how many employees do you have under you? He said, I have around 54,000 employees below me. So he was over the entire Florida theme park. And then he did so well at that, they put him over all the parks. So the only person over him was the CEO of Disney. And I said, you want that position? He said, oh, no, that's the position that gets fired. I don't want that role. He's a smart guy. So he stayed the COO for a long time. When he was offered those, he's like, nope, nope, I'm good. Robert, Matt, thank you very much. He's a smart guy. He knew how to, how to, how to not, sometimes, sometimes success isn't just thriving. Sometimes it's surviving. How many of you guys know that? And so I asked him, I said, how, his name was Al Weiss. So you can look him up. I, I said, Al, how'd you get to the Walt Disney Company? And I thought he was going to tell me some story. Well, I was at Lockheed Martin or I was at Northrop Grumman. And I thought it was going to be one of those stories. And they recruited me and this and He said, no, no, I, Actually, um, when you enter the park, and I'm like, wait, what? He goes, no, just, you, you've been in the park. Yeah, okay, so you go in the Magic Kingdom, turn right. There's a, there's a stand right there that sells popcorn. Yeah, that was my stand. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, at age 19, at the end of the night, I would, I would uh, level out the till, and I, my numbers always matched, and there was a, a cute girl, a couple down from me that her numbers didn't, so I'd go help her, you know, being a little opportunistic there. So he'd go there and help her, and then he'd balance that out, and then they, someone at the hot dog said, can you help with that? And I said, what do you do now? He said, well, 30 years later, I just balanced the till at the end of the night for a Walt Disney Company. <laughs> wow. Faithfulness, guys. It's incredible what you can do if you stay the long haul at something. And so I just want to challenge you. Don't hop around. Stay put. Your resume shouldn't look like a quilt. It should be consistent. And if you will do that, it really will be a game changer. Sure, you may hop around a little at the beginning, but then settle in. Settle in and stay, and God can really do something big. So if you want a better future, you do have time to create. Can I tell you something else, by the way? I just want to mention one other thing. You also have all you need to create. So I don't have what I need. I need money for this and money for that. You know, none of us think we have enough money, but you have enough money to get started. And then God provides money for the next step and money for the next step. So I just want to encourage you. You know, no project we've ever started at Church Unlimited do we have the money for. We didn't have the money to start the church. And yet here we are, and God has taken care of us every step of the way. When you say, I can't get started because I don't have time or I don't have money, what you're actually saying is, God, you're not big enough. I'm not willing to say that. God is big enough. He can help you. You're not through. You're not done. Speaking of that, the fourth thing I would tell a younger me is this. You are capable of so much more. You, you can do way more than you think that you can do. You can endure way more than you think that you can endure. And so I'm just telling you right now, you are capable of way more. In fact, the, the most popular scripture probably of all time on this one is Philippians 4.13. Many of you know it by heart. You used to scream and yell it at a football game, right? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's really true. You can do what God has placed in front of you. So I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to do hard things. My wife mentioned this in her Mother's Day talk, is that we, we try to encourage our kids, you can do one hard thing a day. Just do, just do one hard thing. If you'll do that, you're training your mind to not give up. So I want to encourage you to do that. Don't, don't give up and don't give in. Your mind needs to know, well, you know what, oh, I want to quit, but you know, I wanted to quit this other task, and I didn't, and I got through that. So I don't have to quit now either. So I want to encourage you, listen, can I tell you something? When you're halfway through a degree, everybody wants to quit. 
When you're in the middle of a mess in your marriage, everybody wants to quit. When you're in the middle of a big mess in your career, everybody wants to quit. Believe me, I mean, you, you don't think that happens for everybody? Listen, if I preach when I felt like it, I preach about 75% of the time. We all have moments and seasons of difficulty. And if you just learn to ride through those, I'm telling you right now, one of the things that, that I would tell a younger version of myself is that part of your success is going to be not that you're that smart. Just stay in the same church and all the critics eventually leave. Just outlast them. If you just stay put. And so I want to encourage you that some of this gray hair, I earned it. You know what I'm talking about? Some of this expanding real estate in my forehead. You know what I'm saying? I, I earned that. Just stay at it because it's a game changer. If you will not quit too early, you are capable of so much more. You really are. And then the last thing is kind of a fast message. You guys getting something from this, by the way? Yes. Good. I love that. The last thing I want to say to you, not to my 18-year-old self, but to you is this. Whatever habits could change your life 20 years from now, start immediately. Because really what I'm saying is, it was 20-something years ago, it was actually a little more like 30, that I'd be talking to my 18-year-old self. But why I would tell my 18-year-old self these things, I would say, if you just apply yourself and just stick to something, whatever God's called you to stay at it, you'll be shocked at what you can do. I would say the same thing to you today. You say, well, Pastor, this is a great message, and if I was 18, I'd apply all these things. But now I'm 58. It's not too late. You've got 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years left. Keep going. You're not done. Who said you're done? It's amazing what you can do. James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, says, be radically proactive at any behavior that pays off in 10 years. Just be radically proactive, whatever it is that would pay off. If something has a big payout in 10 years, start now. Just get aggressive with it. What would happen if you really, truly saved 10% of your paycheck? If you tithe to God, then tithe to your future. And you save 10% of your paycheck for 10 years. Somebody needs to do some math to realize, whoa, that would change not only my life, my family's life for generations. It would. So when are you going to get started? So I want to challenge you that whatever you're unhappy with in your life, I've said this before, but I want to say it again. And I want you to hear my heart when I say it, because I always have to preface it, because people freak out that don't process this right. So I want to just hang with me when I say it. So you ready for this? I need to tell you something about whatever is going on in your life right now. I mean this in love. No one is coming to save you. No one. Some of you right now, some of the single women, wait, but I'm going to marry a guy, and he's going to come. No. Can't count on that. May not happen. No one's coming to save you. Here's why I say that. Because someone already did. Jesus already did. And then, and then he empowered you on the inside with everything you need to save yourself. Now, not, not save your soul. I'm not suggesting you save your soul. You don't. Through, through the grace of Christ, we are saved. So that's how we get to heaven, because we just accept what he's done for us at the cross. But virtually everything beyond that, you got to work for well, I want to be a true disciple and walk with Christ. Great, there's a big part you have in that. Yes, Christ will impart his, his holiness on you, but I found he doesn't do a lot of that if you keep going to the club. He doesn't impart his holiness if you keep dating the wrong person. He doesn't impart his holiness if you keep filling your mind with Netflix and never into God's word. He doesn't fill your, your, your life with goodness unless you go to the right places with the right people, doing the right things, creating the right habits. In other words, there's a big part for you to do. So what is it that you need to begin rescuing yourself in right now? 
Your finances are not good, rescue yourself. Start a savings plan. Make sure one year from now you can't say, I'm broke, I don't have anything in my savings account. Well, next year, let's make sure you can't say that. And in two years, if you don't touch it and leave it alone, you'll have more. And three years and four years, what's going to happen by year five and six? You're going to go, I can't believe this. This is crazy. The magic of compound interest is a real thing. It is. You say, well, I'm, I'm in such bad shape. I can hardly walk around my couch. Well, get up and walk around your couch and then walk around your house and then walk the edge of your property and then walk your block and then run your block. And in a couple of years, you'll shock yourself at how great you'll feel and the shape you'll be in and all that fat will melt off your body and you'll feel better about yourself because you have to do it. No one can do that for you. Wouldn't it be great if we could just go over the Gold's Gym and drop off? Here's my body. Please work it out. I'll be back in a couple hours. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Wouldn't it be great? Oh, that'd be so amazing if I could do that. I'd be like, I'd like the super steroid plan. Here's my body. Just take that and transform it real quick. Wouldn't it be awesome? But no one can work out for me. No one can pray for me. No one can read the Bible for me. No one can go to work on time for me. No one can feed the right foods in my body for me. No one can go to church for me. So if I want my life to be transformed, who's in charge? We're in charge of ourselves. So I want to encourage you to embrace this. It's a beautiful thing. You know, this is why half the world is so resentful. This is, this is what, what, this is politics of resentment, but we're seeing right now. Why? I'm mad because you have all that and I don't. You can have it anytime you want. You don't need to be mad at someone else. You can go to work anytime you want. You can get that degree anytime you want. Well, I don't have any money for a degree. If you really have no money for a degree, they'll let you go for free. There is nothing in the way of your success. There is nothing standing behind, in, in front of you becoming all that God wants you to become except you. That's it. You have the ability to change you. So as I talk to my 18-year-old self, I'd say, get up, let me kick you in the pants and get you going because you've got a great future in front of you. And I'm telling you, I want to look at that young man and I say, you have no idea the wonderful family you're going to have. You have no idea the amazing marriage you're going to have by that cute girl that you sat next to in biology class. She's incredible. She turns out to be an incredible mom. She is such an amazing wife. You're going to have three amazing kids. You're going to have the privilege of ministering to the same group of people for decades in an amazing church in a great community. Just stay the course. Stay faithful. God can do big things through you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Trust in the Lord, but then get up and do the work. And if you'll do it, God will bless that. Two more scriptures. Two more scriptures and I'm done. Ecclesiastes 11.4. It's one of my favorite verses. This, in the, this is in the New Living Translation, second edition, because you're going to be like, where did he find that verse? That's where I found it. It's a great verse. It says this, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Isn't that great? Well, I'll start saving when the economy turns around. You know how long you'll be waiting for that, probably? <laughs> oh, I'll go back to school whenever I have time. You're not going to not go back to school. Then. If you're waiting for time to clear up, it's not going to happen. Well, when I feel better, then I'll no, no, no. You know, well, I'll exercise if I feel better. No, you got to exercise to feel better. So you have to reverse the order. So we keep wanting to get the thing before we do the task. You got to do the task to get the thing. And so you got to get the order right. So having said that, don't wait for perfect conditions. Just start now. Start where you are with what you have right now. And if you'll do that, God really will bless that. And last verse is this. Psalms 118 verse 24 says this. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So of all the days you have right now, what's the only day you're in control of? today. You can't control yesterday. I don't care what happened to you, what you did yesterday. You can't control that anymore. It's gone. That, that, that book is closed. You can't reopen it. 
Thank God God forgives us for the things we've done that are stupid and things we said and places we wish we could go back and I wish I wouldn't have gone there and wish I wouldn't have. We, we all have those regrets, but that's what grace is for. The cross covers all that. And t- today is the gift he's given you. I can't control tomorrow either, but I can, I can control what I do today. Yes. Well, if I lose my job tomorrow, well, I don't know if you're going to or not, but why don't you do something with the job you have today? That'll probably help you not lose your job tomorrow too, by the way. Well, I don't know how long I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my spouse. Well, then love them today. I don't know, you know, what could happen with my children. Well, you, do you still have them? Then love them. Do you still have the ability to make a difference? Make a difference. Do you still have the ability to, to get up and walk and jog and pray and clean the house and help out with the kids and love someone and go with your neighbors, encourage them, pray for them, love them, give someone a positive word? Then do it. Do it while you can. Do it while you have the ability. Has anyone ever been injured? This has happened to me. I've had some back issues in the past. Has anyone ever been injured to where you couldn't run? I don't even care to run, but the moment I'm told I can't, I want to. Does this happen to you? In fact, can they all come by my house once a week and just tell me I can't run? Because it'll really motivate me to get up and go running, actually. It's amazing how motivated you are when you can't do something to finally do it. So while you still can, while you're drawing breath, this is the day the Lord has made. God gave you today. What are you going to do with it? That's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Would you bow your heads with me, every head bowed, every eye closed? We just take a moment to pray. Just want to encourage you today. I believe God is speaking to all of us. What is he telling you? It's not important whether I know what he told you. It's important that you know what he told you. So what is God stirring in you? Is there something he's saying? It's time for you to quit underestimating yourself. You're capable of more. It's time to believe God for more in your career, in your life, in your family, in your health, in your finances. I don't know where it is for you, but if that's you today, would you just lift your hand high and say, God, I want to thank you that you're speaking to me. You're talking to me. And maybe you're the 18-year-old self of you, or maybe you're the 38-year-old self, or the 58-year-old self. On my wall right now in my office is a letter from a 77-year-old woman who read my book, said, thank you so much for motivating me. I'm going back to get my degree. And she did. And she did. It's 77. God's not through with her. How about you? You were born to be an inspiration to the world, to live your life for God, to honor him, and tell others about him. Just by the way you live, you can be a huge difference maker. Would you choose today to live an extraordinary life? You still have time. It's not too late. Dream big. Stick to it. Stick to the plan. God will bless you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe today you've never given your life to Christ. You can receive him right now. Just like we talked about, if you'll give your life at a young age to Christ, then he will give you a whole life of blessings and purpose. You may say, Pastor, I'm kind of past that stage. Well, you're never past the opportunity to receive Christ until you are until you draw your last breath. So if you're still breathing, last I checked, most of you are, then you can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer. Pray this prayer with me. You can receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior right now across all of our campuses. Just say something like this out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
with your head bowed and your eyes closed. No one's looking around. The only person looking at our campus right now are the campus pastors. That's it. Every head bowed, their eye closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, would you just lift your hand high right now? We just want to celebrate the fact that you received Christ. Just lift your hand high. No one's looking around. If you just gave your life to Christ, just lift your hand high. Thank you. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. We see those hands. Thank you. Just lift your hand high. If you just gave your life to Christ, we'd love to know about that decision. Praise God. You're not alone. If you're watching online right now at churchunlimited.com, you can click hand raised or put it in the text chat. Just say, my hand's raised. Praise God. You're not alone. We see those people. We see you now. You just gave your life to Christ at Rodfield, at Padre. Praise God at Rockport, Stone Oak. Thank you. Thank you. We see those hands. God behind bars. Thank you. Praise God. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And you can begin to walk with God from this day forward. And you will have some great advice to give a younger version of you as you begin to walk with God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. I pray, God, that you would help us to recognize that there's still time to live an extraordinary God-fearing, God-inspiring life. Thank you, God, for what you're doing through each of us. Thank you for your church and your house and your word today. In your name we pray and everyone said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.